JD from The Voice Party. This week's episode is brought to you by All Roads Overhead Garage Doors. Call now, 510-375-8756. Proudly serving the Bay Area since 2002. Also, hablamos español. That means they speak Spanish. Free consultations. You got old garage doors. And your haunted garage. You got some important stuff you need to protect or maybe you live in your garage because this is the bay area you got a whole family living in there give us a call all roads overhead garage doors yeah this is joaquin xavier with the voice party this is jd arandia we got phil spruner oh hey how's it going and a very special guest today my boy from sixth grade i first met him uh, didn't see him for many years, and all of a sudden, I was on I was on Facebook and I saw a trailer for this documentary. Uh, Romeo is bleeding. I was like, Yeah, I know that guy. I was mm. like, Oh, damn, he's doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, from where we're from, sometimes you hear bad news about people. I I, I, yeah. I think I told you this. Yeah. I thought I had heard bad news about you, man. Mm. I guess it was a different Dante, and I was like, oh, damn, mm. uh, um, I'm sorry to hear that. And then I see the, the trailer, <laughs> I was like, I guess I guess it was a different Dante. I mean, whoever that other Dante, I still feel bad, but, you right. know, like, I thought it was you, and then I saw your documentary, I was like, oh, man, dude, I'm I'm, I'm happy to hear you're doing good, and then mm. I just reconnected with you, and I see you were in the film Kicks, you've been in uh, uh, the, the North Pole, um, the, you're on season two of right now, and right. I see you got other stuff coming on. And I'm, I just want to say, man, I'm proud of you. Oh man, appreciate yeah, it. Thank bro. you for coming, man. Thank you for taking your time to to come and and, and do this for us, because uh, you know when you take time out of your life to 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 do anything, you know, especially like this, you know, I, I really appreciate it, man. We're we're, we're we just want to welcome you to the voice party, man. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Open arms, open arms, sir. Yeah, yeah. It's always a a beautiful opportunity when anybody takes an interest in wanting to hear what you have to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. you, I don't take that light, whether it's the, the biggest platform or something that's up and coming or in the middle. I don't care what your audience is. If you feel like, hey, I want to I ask you some questions. I want to know a little bit more about your process, your approach, your perspective, your experience. I'm humbled because some people get walked past every day and don't nobody care to know what you got going on. So you feel me? I appreciate the opportunity. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, man. We're we're very grateful that you you uh, came out here. Um, I know you got a busy schedule, and uh, I'm actually curious about what you got going on. You know, I mean, I know the North Pole just came out. What was it last month? Yeah. And um, what have you seen? Like the like like the first season came out. Whenever the uh, something comes out, like the first season. I mean, sometimes it, 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 you just got to wait for it, I'm sure. Right. This season, the second season, I know you got Rosario Dawson involved in that. Was she involved in the first season or just the second just season? Just the second. Just the second season. Yeah. Um, what have you heard about like people's perception of the, of the second season now? Um, I, I always get good feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I may have my own like criticisms about things, but it seems like when other people see the art, mm-hmm. it's like, ah, oh, man, this was way better than the first one. Yeah. Y'all leveled up in the writing or the acting or um, I see now more possibilities. The first season was more about Oakland and Oakland was the character or North Oakland was the character. And then the second season was like it was about y'all diving into y'all personal lives and using the environment. Character as, development. You know what I mean? So it's like, wow, I'm, I see more possibilities. So everybody who who've talked to me said that they love it. 
you know what I mean? It's, I done met random people on the, on the subway or in the streets, like little kids, like, hey, aren't you the one in the North Pole? And it's like to nice. see like young kids even watched it yeah. enough to recognize like, hey, you the one that's in the North Pole. You know what I mean? That says a lot right there. Wow. That's huge. Yeah, that's that's huge. gotta be big. Yeah. And yeah. for some of our listeners that don't know, how how can they watch the North Pole? Uh, go on YouTube and type in the North Pole show, um, and it should pop up. Both seasons free, available for free. Available that's, for free. That's awesome. Both seasons. Man. I know that you mentioned this last time we um, we talked. Uh, you were actually brought back in as a writer. Yeah. In season two. They had to. Oh yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. No, I was just showing him. Um, you're 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 also you know an author now. You uh, know freedom. I mm -hmm. went I went when you did the thing at Bridge. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, is is this your first time writing for something uh, like a script? Was that your first time doing something that got plays? something that got um, used? Yeah, like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so that was a like you know you sit down in your thoughts and come up. I got like at least ten movies or yeah. scripts in my head that's just like. From the beginning, middle, and end, I know every character. I know the lines already. But to actually write something out and to have a budget be poured into manifesting this idea, this was my first time on film to be like, all right, I'm one of the writers. And some of the jokes or some of the, the catchphrases that was used or some of the, the scenes uh, development or settings and placements to see that, wow, it got used. And then for me to, be, to have an episode to myself, being one of the writers or lead writers on that episode or um on on the um in the north pole was second second season uh what episode is that i think it's five or something we go camping mm -hmm. and that whole flower scene that oh, everybody yeah. like that's my favorite episode or that's my favorite character it's like a lot of that was improv wow. you know what i mean so it's like even that type of stuff was like it's dope just to see that yeah the the um what what made you want to get into the acting because i know we mentioned you said we, we we had you on the the, the last talent showcase, uh, the Richmond talent showcase, and I asked you, and you said it was in the documentary too, what you wanted to be as a child was the, the drug the drug dealer. Yeah, that and was then, the best thing going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were looking at the the monetary value yeah. of that and going, hey, yeah. people are getting cars this way. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what 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 um what made you want to pursue acting, or did that just kind of come to you like like? naturally uh with uh the poetry because i know you were doing the poetry the spoken word all right and you still do you still perform right yeah yeah of course. um what what made you pursue acting uh honestly i think i was doing acting way before well it's kind of hard to say i think i've been doing all of it since i was a kid yeah. i didn't the first time i remember saying i wanted to be an actor i was probably like between five and eight and as all kids, when you watching whatever you watching on TV, you emulate that. Yeah. Your favorite scene mm -hmm. in the movie where the cops bust into the room mm -hmm. or this person jump from this roof, you jumping off the couch to try to duck and roll, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I used to watch film and just be like, that don't seem real. I wouldn't do it that way. I would have did it that way. Or being in love with whatever film that I was watching to be like, I could do that. Mm -hmm. And then just hearing like one of my older brothers saying like you couldn't be an actor because you had to cut your hair in order to get this role or you have to gain weight or lose weight or get tattooed like you have to change who you were. And me being a young kid, even then I was like I'm not changing who I am to do that. So mm. I guess acting ain't for me. And I just remember saying I just gave up on that ain't for me. And then as I got older, 
started writing. But I was always a person that was into performance or um, emulating people's voice, how they talk, how they walk, just watching people and just trying to emulate that and then understand where they're coming from. So I guess if I wasn't acting, it was like it transitioned into just me being a storyteller, a writer, um, which I was doing since I was in kindergarten. Like it's stories of my mom saying that I, I didn't really know how to read that well in kindergarten. So that she had got me hooked up, uh, well, hooked on phonics. Mm-hmm. And so just listening to these tapes about how to sound out your alphabets and how to put words together, I could spell words that I've never even seen before, mm-hmm. just based off of knowing how words sound. And so that infatuation with sound became like I could spell. And then that turned into me memorizing stories from these tapes word for word, but I couldn't spell the words out or see the words. I couldn't tell you what that word was necessarily. But oh, wow. I would memorize the stories and then go to kindergarten for show and tell and recite whole stories to the whole classroom just because I wanted to. Hmm. And it was just like the kindergarten teacher was like, he going to be special. He take a while to get it, but when he got it, get out the way. He's a master at it. And so just from kindergarten, being able to sit in front of a classroom and recite stories to him and then uh, emulating people as a kid saying, I could do that, I could do that, I could do that. And then eventually doing it, it was like, it sounds weird, but it's like I've always been an actor this way. You yeah. know what I mean? And just yeah. even having the willpower to say, like, I'm not changing in order to get that. Yeah. I'm going to do it what makes me, I'm going to do it the way it makes me feel comfortable. And I was a kid when I said that. Yeah. And so everything that I've accomplished has been pretty much in the way that I felt comfortable doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I've always been this way. So you have like a photographic memory for words, like word for word. Because I, I mean, when I see you do the poetry, I, I myself, I can't picture myself remembering. Like, even when I do stand-up, uh, I'll always tell the joke way different every time because I, 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 don't, I don't have a set way to say it or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a structure, per se. Yeah. It's all scrambled everywhere, and I'm just kind of finding it and grabbing it as it comes. But I see the way um, you perform the, the, you know, when I've seen you uh, do the poems, uh, I've seen you quite a bit now, and I, it just, man, like, you must have like you can see it in your brain to just let it out the way it comes out very very tight. Yeah. Is that is that kind of how you? I mean, I don't know if you can explain on that. Like, I, I, I'm curious though. You know. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like every I pair every single word together intentionally, so it's like no word is there by accident. It was or no word is there because I was lazy. It's like if I if I put I right there, yeah, I like the way it sounds. I like how it started off or it, it transitioned from this thought to the next thought. If if I gets in the way, I will remove that and just jump straight to the next word. Mm-hmm. And then that will create a different type of emotion that'll make it either abrupt or to make it smooth. It'll make it harmonic or it's a place where it's like I can just be sharp or I can be like melodic with it. So it's like everything that I put up in there and that's how I memorize knowing that if I put this word here, that word will help me transition to the next thought. And when I'm performing, I have to see every single word in my mind. So that way I know not to get off track. Because if I forget what that word is, then that thought, I don't remember that thought. So then I would have to just jump to what other thought that I remember. And so when I perform, sometimes when I make an eye contact, I will get so focused on watching the people that if I don't really have my words memorized, I forget what I was doing. So I have to sometimes close my eyes. And when I close my eyes, all I see is the images and the words. And I forget that y'all are even here. 
Dang. And then I open back up, and then it's like it's an audience. And then, so I like to perform based off of like what are the pictures. So every single word is tight like that. Man, that's mm. that's 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 deep. That's awesome. Yeah, I, no. I I haven't heard it described that way. You know, mm-hmm. um, like what what inspires a lot of your poetry? I mean, I I I looked at I looked at the um, I read your 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 it's a big collection of your poems. Right. Some of them. When I was reading them, I remember because I, you must some of them you must have been holding on to since you were a child. Yeah. Because I read some of that, and it reminded me of of the days when you'd hang out at the portables. I remember we, a couple of times we hung out at the portables and and Helms Middle School together, mm-hmm. and you'd be rapping, just like hitting something <sighs> to make a beat, and I'd just be eating, like listening, like oh damn, he's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, what? I I just can't imagine like how long like you had been holding on to some of the poems on there like what how did that come about that's that's crazy uh, <laughs> a lot of those pieces well the first poem that i put in this book no freedom is the second poem that i've ever wrote yeah and this was back in 2007 so it starts from 2007 all the way up until the last poem that i wrote which was in 2018 and so I captured that journey of what was I going through from childhood. And though that poem wasn't written back in sixth grade, it captures the emotions of when you ask a person how they feel. Mm-hmm. And they respond to like, oh, I'm good. But they really are, they really are hurting or they're not good. You feel me? So when I was a kid, nobody really asked you, how are you? It was just you acting out. Here's a referral. Get out of my class. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask like, "What is going on with you? How did you did you eat today?" You know what I mean? Just yeah. certain humanity uh, that wasn't acknowledged. There's an assumption. Well, you know the thing about when you're you're teaching, um, and I can't speak for all teachers, but there's this uh, there's this unsaid idea that goes, "Well, we have these blanket rules that say if student X is disruptive or does X Y Z behavior." And after more than one warning, we send them out. And it's really because the teacher doesn't have the time to sit you down individually and go, hey, man, what's wrong? What's up? They have a class to teach. It's, it's management first, individualized humanity second. You let the office figure out what's up. Now, yeah. that if, they should. if you like, get sent to the office, yeah, right. and, and if you get sent to the office and they don't care, that's the problem because right. it's their job to figure out, all right, so what's going on? And that's the part where it's like, it gets tricky for me because if if um say for example at Helms, we I had in sixth grade I had one teacher mm. from second period to sixth, seventh period. So I'm with you for like six hours a day. Mm. If you don't take the time to ask how I'm doing, then this is gonna be a very beautiful ride or it's gonna be very treacherous for both of us mm-hmm. if I'm spending most of my time with you. And you don't care about me as a, as a student because then how am I learning? How am I progressing? And then it becomes difficult in a certain system where you give one teacher like 300 kids a day. How can that person really have enough time and energy to one, make sure that everybody is learning properly? And then two, that everybody's well-being is, you know what I mean, being paid attention to mm-hmm. and it's like the school system then becomes like all right this system is not working first of all some of us are hands-on learners 
True. And if you're just giving me a bunch of information, I'm not processing it. And then I'm going to fall behind because I'm disinterested. And what you consider to be like too, too energetic, it's like, that's how I learn. So give me something hands on to do so I can process that information. And then some people are just listeners. You know what I mean? I got to hear it in, in an mm -hmm. art format, music, or it's different ways that we learn. And that's if that's auditory. not being cultivated, then... It's like you are now trying to condition everybody to learn one way. Yeah. And that's the problem with the system. And then it's like it's too many people in a classroom. If we had oh, yeah. more Preach. teachers, like we had a like, you know what I mean? One lead facilitator and three hands to help with 50 kids. And it's like, okay, cool. This group go over there. This group go over there. This group go over there. Then we all regroup. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you got one teacher in front of 60 kids for six periods straight, it's kind of like you... It's, it's 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 amazing if a lot of people come up out of there feeling like well nourished. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it it is true that well, and you know, it is very true that in private school, one of the attractions of private schools is that you have smaller class sizes, and studies do show that the smaller your class size is, the better uh, your students are going to learn because then the teacher actually has the time to uh, put together something that's going to touch everyone. I mean, the best teachers. In, in you know, think about visual learning, auditory learning, and kinesthetic learning. With some subjects, though, it's difficult. Like math is easy for a kinesthetic learner because you want geometry, fine. I got these blocks for you. You know, you you want to add and subtract. I got these manipulatives for you. No matter what grade you're in, but then you get to stuff like, like history. You you'd have to put on a play really for your kinesthetic letters. You'd have to actually bring out some scripts that are kid ready and be like you have somebody play Columbus and then we're gonna have folks march out and slaughter the Indians and you have to put it on you know but but not everybody unfortunately has time for the more text lecture heavy subjects and we need to work on that clearly and it kind of what you touched on too um like whatever your parents don't catch that you have you know or like dyslexia or whatever learning disabilities and, and hopefully your teachers will catch which a lot of cases they don't eventually those things that no one catches in, in, in your childhood they catch you as an adult <laughs> yeah. and, and you're kind of screwed at that point unless you you can change yourself um on that note i know i noticed you you've gone through a lot of changes yourself like as as since that documentary for example for i remember sure. in that documentary you were going you're i mean just this is Oh, I mean, there's a lot, but one of them in, in particular that I, I know you talked about, and I, I don't know, I want to ask you, do you consider yourself like a vegan activist or a mm -hmm. plant-based activist? Because I know that's something that, that you change uh, about yourself, right? Right. Yeah, is, is that, I and mean, I know I, I notice I follow you on Instagram, sometimes you, you post stuff about that. Is that mm -hmm. is that something that's kind of a, well, because I know you're, you're about developing yourself, essentially, right. right? Yeah. Is that something that, that you consider as a i mean i know you know it's important and I, want mm -hmm. you, I want you to talk about that what what that <clears throat> has done for you since you changed that man um just going from traditional american diet to eat whatever it is that you see eat <laughs> until you're full <laughs> yeah. to then being like if if we are one of the nations that's highest in all unhealthy uh obesity ob like all of these things like all of these things it's like okay then when you get specific like no the black community mm -hmm. has the highest rate in all unhealthy mm -hmm. diseases related ailments it's like what is causing that in our community then it's like food 
So it's like, dang, if if I go to the doctor and the first thing they going to ask you, a lot of us go to the doctor to get like, tell me what's wrong with me. But the first thing they do is ask you, like, yeah, what have you eaten? Mm-hmm. What's have you diet? drunk? Have you drunk any water? You say you got a headache. They going to first ask you, what are you feeling? Where is it at? So that taught me like, dang, I have to know my body in order for them to help me. Because yep. if I don't tell them what I've been doing. Then they can't help me. And all they're going to tell me is what I should already know anyway. So if I'm giving them the answers, then I don't need to go to you to talk. Man, my head is hurting. Why is my head hurting? The, well, the last thing that I ate was, you know, a half of cake and I ain't drunk no water. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So it's like, all right. That's so yeah. I'm, after I ate that, I felt sick. So I can't eat that no more. It's like your body tell you. So from that, it was like, all right, from this American standard diet, I know after I eat, my stomach hurt. I'm full. I ate too much. Got the itis. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like from that thought, I'm like, all right, I want to eat food that's going to make that's going to give me energy and not make me sleepy. Mm-hmm. So if food is supposed to give you energy, why am I so tired and feeling lazy and, and sick and all of this other stuff? So I want to find the foods that's going to give me the energy so I can keep going when I am tired. So then once I start looking into that, it's like, all right, fruits and vegetables. Yep. And then from there, it was like. Oh, vegan. I didn't even know what that was. I just stopped eating like certain, Bacon. like mostly like meat. Yeah. Stop eating that. It was like, I don't want no animal products. So then that's when people are like, oh, you a vegan. I'm like, if that's what you want to call it, I don't really know what that is. It's like, yeah, they don't eat animal products. So I'm like, okay, I'm a vegan. So then once I started realizing what a vegan is, it's like they mostly advocate for animals. So they don't have anything that came from an animal, not just the food, but just like belts, shoes, jackets, purses, like anything that that came from the killing of an animal or interrupts the livelihood of animals, natural process, they are advocating mostly for animals. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we also benefit, too, from this, but we need to stop hurting animals. So I wasn't necessarily coming from that place, although seeing that is like, dang, that is crazy on what's happening to them in order for us to get some milk. You know what I mean? When we can get milk from other products. But the problem with being a vegan is a lot of those foods are still processed just as much as animal-based products. So just being a vegan is not a guarantee that you are healthy. It's just you don't have a lot of meat in your body, but you got a lot of processed chemicals that's just as bad as the meat that you're eating who also is injected with the same chemicals. So it's like... Cancer-causing stuff. Yeah. So it's like being a vegan is not a guarantee that you are healthy. It's just supposed to be a transition yeah. from eating a American standard diet to transitioning into a more plant-based, holistic, whole food diet. So I wouldn't say I'm necessarily an advocate. It's just that thing of once I know something, I'm, I have yeah. to change. And once I change, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you. And just being a storyteller or being a person that's just like just honest in conversation, it's hard for me to lie. I would have to just, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like if I come across something knowing like, dang, this right here, this milk is what's causing asthma and cancer. And I, everybody I talk to when I pass them, they keep complaining about their asthma. So it's like, well, you know, if you stop drinking that milk, then you wouldn't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so it's just, if it, I try not to like, put out hella videos if i'm if i come across something it's like i ain't gonna say it i'm just gonna boom repost this and if you want to see it the link is right there you can go read into it i'm not gonna say much more about it i'm gonna just boop i saw this video it was a big 
uh worm coming up out of that little fish that you like to eat up at chick-fil-a yeah boom that yeah i just saw a video somebody went there yesterday and it's a worm that came up out of there so if that's what you want to eat cool i'm on to the next i'm not eating it you know what i mean so it's like i would i'm not going hard as i see a lot of people do but i follow a lot of pages yeah. that that breaks down the reasonings on why, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And if something yeah. helps you, you want to share it, like yeah. with everyone, especially the people you love, and you know, so that makes sense. Um, what do you do for your source of protein? Plants, mostly greens. 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 You could do quinoa, uh, chickpea. Uh, yeah. And it's mostly yeah. greens, yeah. Because it's like when you think about it, just even getting back to like visual learners, like. When you see the animals in the animal kingdom, the strongest and the healthiest ones, they just eat greens, yeah. plants like gorillas. gorillas. Mostly they eat is fruits and berries. Yeah. And they don't just see we are like like that. They don't peel bananas. They eat the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I'm not sure my stomach can process. <laughs> but, peel, you know, but, yeah. but, but if you if you did it in a smoothie. Yeah, you know what I mean. If you just blended it, the whole thing the whole just thing? boom, the whole thing. You like, do that? I haven't. I did it once. I went to some, the spot in Richmond, and they was like, "I wanted a, a banana smoothie." He was like, "Hey man, I'm gonna just put the whole thing up in there." I said, "I ain't tripping. Gorillas don't peel theirs neither." Yeah. You well, feel I'm, me? Rhinot rhinosauruses, they you boom, you put a melon in, they not gonna split the watermelon open. They gonna eat the, they whole, eat the thing. whole thing. You feel me? And that's what they the strongest ones. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm pretty weak compared to a tiger, and all they eat is meat. <laughs> but you see, after they eat, they can't eat nothing for like a week. And after they, they eat, they they lay, they sleep all day. That's true. Yeah, you that's feel true. me? And every other animal, they eating grass, and that's who they are killing to get whatever. You know they what also mean? eat it without salt and a lot. Of <laughs> that's true. That's true. They they do eat it really the healthiest Raw. way that you can. Just yeah. Yeah. but that's they how that brawl. they're designed for that. Yeah. Mm. you feel me? Like yeah. that's that's their habitat. That's what they designed for. And I would never advocate. You don't that. hear about tigers having diabetes. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, obesity. I, I, <laughs> they I, eat what they need. That's boom. True. I'm gonna eat that's this true. little calf, and for the next four days, I'm chilling. And anatomy also is very different. I mean, the closest anatomy to us is like apes and like you said what they eat it's all it, it, it's all plant-based yeah. i i would also say that like you know in regards to diabetes specifically like i read recently um that traditionally the idea about losing weight was you had to cut the fat you had to cut the fat you had to cut the fat but that was actually revealed to be a lie mm. that was uh propagated by the sugar industry the research actually says that sugar and carbs are what really make you fat. Yeah. You know, like people eat ice cream or, or bread or whatever, a lot of hell, hella bread, you know, pasta, you know, and uh, you, and I found when I lost the weight that I lost, it's like once I cut the carbs and the sugar, I'm flying. Automatically. Yeah. Automatically. And those are things that cause all of the diseases. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, you feel Heart like disease. That? Yeah. How, oh, how how has changing this improved like your your art the, the what you do like the the poetry the the writing? I say uh, it gives you clarity. Yeah. Like when you putting when you putting certain foods in your body, that becomes your genetic makeup in a sense. Mm -hmm. You feel me? It be it, it. You are what you eat, for lack of a better term. For those who need something that easily to process, you are what you eat. So if I'm eating something that's holistic, 
then I'm going to think a certain type of way. Yeah. I'm going to process things a certain type of way. I'm going to have a certain type of energy. I'm going to have a different type of motivation. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to be ener energetically charged. So it's like, and then it also, like, just that whole process make you look at the connection that you have with the world or the universe. It's like, dang, I'm one with nature. So if I'm mostly drinking water, I'm doing that because I realized, dang, my body is mostly considered, uh, consisted of water. Mm -hmm. So now, how can I separate, like, what's going on with the water crisis from me? You know what I mean? It's like, if the water is poison, then what? what it, that's a reflection in me. You feel me? If 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 I'm looking at the soil, like I'm the same the same tone as the soil. You know what I mean? So it's just like I start seeing my connection with nature differently than just like I'm above it. It's like no, I am because of it. I'm mostly water. I look like the soil, and the sun directly gives me my energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? All the energy and the proteins and the vitamin D, all of that stuff that people talk about for us. If we go sit in the sun, boom, I get that. Water, boom, I get that. The earth. I came from the earth, so if I spend more time in nature, you know what I mean, then I'm soaking up the, the, the magnet that's with the sun is hitting the, the grass all day. So if I go put my bare feet out there, I'm getting that energy from the foot all the way up and from the head. And then if I eat the water that's underground, that's that's alkaline, you feel me, that ain't contaminated, it's, it's clean water. If I'm eating fruit, that carried that water, boom, I'm getting that. So it's like, wow, not only am I getting the sun, I'm getting the uh, barefoot. Then if I eat all of that, I'm holistic. How could I be angry? So then I'm going to think about I'm going to think about things in a more holistic and a peaceful way. I'm going to think about people. I'm going to see people differently. Like I can't I can't look at you as different from me because everything that I benefit from, you benefit from everything that hurt you hurt me. You feel me? And I need every every pro, every person plays a role in in our in our ecosystem. You feel me? So you can't live without the other. And so that 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 impacts like your thought process, and then it gives you different images and different language and different analogies to play with. The reason I ask is I'm currently trying to get healthier, and I notice when I you know when I come home and I'm trying to write, sometimes I have a headache or. I don't like to do this, but sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm for months, I spent months just sick all the time. Mm -hmm. My diet was horrible. And I was drinking a lot. And I noticed that all these things would distract me from doing like sitting down and writing. And, um, it's, it's hard, man, to get off of those bad things. Yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah. kind of like, I've heard someone say it's harder than like quitting drugs sometimes because it's something you do every day. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> and I can see like the people, I don't know. I, Luckily, I'm, 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 I mean, you surround yourself with the people that kind of do that. It mm -hmm. helps for you. How did, how did you get involved with changing all these things? Like, how did you go about, I mean, aside from you, you say you just started noticing, but like, was there someone you, that helped you, that guided you through it or just, uh, I think over the years I had people in my life who were doing certain things yeah. that I, I didn't turn it off. Even if I wasn't attracted to just eating a salad. Yeah. But I had certain people in my life who would eat a salad. And I'm like, that's all you eat? I'm like, yeah, it's good for you. But nobody really, I don't recall one specific person sitting me down saying, this is why it's good for you. Mm -hmm. It was just like, it's good for you. It's better than that. That's unhealthy. Um, it was this person named Miss Atkins Brooks. 
at the Making Ways Education Program. Mm-hmm. I remember in uh, high school, and then when I started working there, she used to uh, do this this uh, program called Beyond Hot Chips, and it was just mm-hmm. talking about different foods that you can try that's more healthier for you. So if any one person, when I was in tenth uh, grade up until like my early like when I was twenty years old, she would be that consistent person in this environment trying to get the staff and this and the children and the young folks to eat beyond hot chips like eat something more healthy but i didn't really soak up a lot of that you know what i mean it wasn't until it was motivating to me of feeling like dang bro i just ate half of a seven up cake last night yeah if i, I keep yeah if i so. keep yeah if i keep going at this route i'm gonna I'm have diabetes so it was like the fear for me to be like, I'm just going to cut out juice and soda and drink a lot of water. And then from that, it was like, boom. So I had a lot of people in my life that was doing certain things, but it wasn't like somebody was just with me every day. Mm-hmm. But when I made that transition, it wasn't really nobody around. Mm-hmm. So seeing Miss Atkins Brooke, I was 15 until 20, seeing what she was doing in, in like spurts. When I was 25 and I just made that leap, it was me. You know what I mean? It was certain people around who was like, oh, you could probably, you know, who bought me little vegan books and I looked into it and stuff like that. But it was mostly me. Nice. Mm. Sounds like you had a, a, a some good examples, though. And that, yeah. that's important because if you were never exposed to any of that, like at all, like what's the salad? Was it, you know, the leap might have been a little harder. Yeah. yeah. Another question that I wanted I wanted to ask you, not, you know, it, it's uh, pertains to the documentary. Uh, the, the Romeo's bleeding. Right. Uh, I was thinking about asking how I was going to ask this. Basically, after the uh, the movie came out, uh, after it was really you know after it's it's available on it's still on the Netflix, right? Right. Yeah. Have you had like anyone? Because the, the 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 film touches on on the on the the gang wars between Richmond, the, mm-hmm. the two you know. Have you had anyone that's in that life currently, or you know, like talk to you about? putting them on the, the film like i don't know if <laughs> like you mean like talk to me about it like, like uh like opposed it or it was like supported. any any way either opposed it or said you know what i like i like that it, it kind of uh touches on bringing peace between the two yeah has it has it changed some lies has it made some people angry like that yo you exposing us what's yeah. going on like that, 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 this dry snitching lightweight cuz oh, like, or you know i just mm. yeah I, I mean how do people or feel people don't like that you did that uh because i i can i can picture doing i i can imagine like doing something like that about something that happened in my life and i i don't think i mean i'd probably i probably wouldn't feel comfortable you know because that's a brave move so I just uh, I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, if yeah. you know, we can edit this out. I mean, nah. I mean, I would say you know, documentaries get made about various. There's an entire show where they're talking about active and non-active gangs all the time. Yeah. Shoot, this is Tuesday for some gangs. You know right. what I mean? No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, I've gotten overwhelming positive feedback. Nice. Like not one single bit of negative yeah. feedback over the years has come to me. That was that was something that was like, dang, I messed up. I shouldn't have did that. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, if anything, people felt like, I wish you would have went deeper. Mm-hmm. But you you already gave a lot that was like 
ain't been touched on ain't nobody talked about yeah. in this format period so it's like the first first of all this is the first of this conversation in this format in the city period yep. so there's really nothing else you can compare it to no you know what i mean it's like people in the streets already know what's up so it wasn't like i was exposing much it wasn't like hey this is a top secret thing like if you ask the police they the ones who said it a car accident you know what i mean yeah and if you're talking to people in the street, they're like, man, it wasn't that. It was something else. You know what I mean? So it's like, it wasn't like it was nothing secret. All I was saying is like, all right, this is what's going on. Okay, so now that we know what's going on, I'm going to put this in this format of Romeo and Juliet. So it's like, dang, I never even thought of that. That's genius. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, this is something that everybody, if I would have just came out, yeah, this is what's happening. If it was just a regular street documentary, it would have been like, all right. It's a street. Oh, it's, a, it's still a documentary, but it's like he compared what we already know and what's going on to Romeo and Juliet. How did he do that? And then it's like, wow. And the fact that it's real. So oh, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like I made up something. It's like, no, he's from a neighborhood related to individuals from this neighborhood. And he's considered Romeo and she's from Central and she's considered Juliet. Juliet. This is. Nobody has done that in this neighborhood, so it's like, what negative? What could you say yeah, about right, that? Right. But like, damn, I gotta salute that. And when you talk about like just the bravery, of course, I felt a certain way. Like, damn, we finna do a documentary. First of all, we finna tell this play, and then we finna record it in the documentary. When writing a play, I'm like, I don't want to disrespect this side, and I don't want to fabricate it neither. I don't want to sugarcoat it. So it's like I had to make sure I was unbiased, even though at the time I was feeling like I'm 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 from this side. Yeah. You feel me? Like y'all killing my people. Y'all my people, but I don't really know y'all. I'm more connected to this side. But I still had to write it in a way it's like, all right, y'all got some suckers on y'all side and we got some suckers on our side. Mm. Y'all got some hitters and soldiers on y'all side, we got some hitters and soldiers on our side. Y'all lost, we lost. You feel me? We all we all have something to gain moving forward. Ain't no point of counting bodies. We all lost. Yep. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Y'all got people in jail. We got people in jail. Y'all got people killed. We got people killed. Y'all got people out there hurting. We hurting. Ain't no, ain't no winners. No matter how many times you try to look at the skull, you probably killed on our side 10 more people than we killed over there. But two years ago, we killed about 30 of y'all. So it's like, you know what I mean? And people still hurting. So when I looked at it from like that point, I'm like, I have nothing. It was like that gave me permission like, ain't nothing nobody out here can tell me because I lost people. You feel me? Mm -hmm. And I could be out here taking people, but I'm trying to do something positive. Mm -hmm. So you can't tell me your opinion about what I'm doing because y'all chose y'all route and it didn't work. So I'm finna do this. So this ain't going to spark nothing that ain't, that ain't already been sparked. You mm -hmm. feel me? I'm not adding, you feel me, fuel to the fire. If anything, I'm trying to quench it. Yeah, that's the best example of advocate for peace. Like, that's all, that's all I see it as. That's, but, you know, even... When you advocate for peace, and 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 I, that's why I ask, because I know, I mean, anytime some somebody tries to do something to increase the peace, and in, in those, there's always the haters. You know, there's look always the people that don't like the the feathers being ruffled. And, uh, yeah. and I mean, look what happened to Nipsey. Yeah, you know, a lot of people feel like that was a setup, like like the dude that, that killed him wasn't really like like that was that was a a police op or some other interested parties. You know. Man, it's crazy. Stabilizing stuff. Yeah, it's crazy that you say that because, like, during that time, I thought somebody would probably try to do something to me. Mm -hmm. But 
that's another thing that I feel like gave me permission. It was like, damn, I was I was growing up all my life claiming North Richmond. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I look like my brothers. I can't deny that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I go out here and tell people who I am and where I'm from, now they're gonna be able to. Oh, that's him. I'm I'm making myself more noticeable. Yeah. In the in the, in the past times, I was able to blend. But I'm like, if I do this documentary, bro, they gonna see who I am. I'm gonna be more noticeable. I'm like, but if I don't do this documentary, I still look how I look. I'm still from where I'm from. If a person is going to do something to me, they're going to do it. I'm not going to sit here and worry about that. And I'm just going to go out here and do what I got to do. You feel me? At least if you do something to me, you know why you did it. It's like, all right, we know he ain't got nothing to do with nothing. I just did it because I'm hurting. I'm cool with that. It won't be because you didn't know what hype I was on. It's going to be because you was a hater and you're going to have to admit that. You feel me? Whether I live or not, you was a hater. You didn't want to. You didn't want to see me bring us together. And that was that. But the thing about Nip was, I ain't gonna. I don't know what happened with that situation. I don't know if it was. A, I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But that shook me to the core. Really, it was just a simple fact of like, like, dang, bro. It can happen just like that, and I always felt that way. Like. It can it can happen just like that, and it could be somebody you know. Yeah. It could be somebody for whatever reason, and it's like, and it's crazy because it's like you could be out here campaigning for so long to try to bring people together, and it's pushback. But as soon as you get killed, all of the gangs want to come together and march. And it's like, why I ain't do this shit when I was walking? For real. When I was breathing, why why did it take twenty four hours of me being deceased to bring together everybody in the whole city? Yeah. And I'm like. Don't wait until a person that's advocating for peace get killed and then y'all want to negotiate peace because now they ain't get a chance to enjoy that. You feel me? But I just I realized then like that's just sometimes that's just what it is. You just gotta you can't you can't worry about if it's gonna come in your time or not. You just gotta you just gotta do it and you gotta move a certain way because it ain't nothing you could do that can prevent you from from it happening to you. Even your bodyguards. You got bodyguards. If they get paid enough or if the pressure get put on them, if they got to choose between you and their family, yeah. they may They're be the, the contract killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I learned years ago. I used to like, man, I'm going to have to walk around with military. I'm going to have to walk. <laughs> I'm like, Malcolm X had security and got smacked on stage. Yep. Yep. I mean, Nip had no security and got smacked in front, you know what I mean, in mm-hmm. front of his building. So it's like I, I just started looking at so many different possibilities over the years of like it's no point of me worrying about that i just gotta walk with the faith you feel me that i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing and whenever that time is i just somebody had asked me in a um in a workshop like not a workshop but class visit they said if you could walk in anybody's shoes dead or alive who would it be First time I ever was asked that question, and this is the answer that I came up with. Mm. I said, probably Malcolm X. <laughs> the last 24 hours. Mm. Just so I, because he felt it was going to happen. That's what they say. Yeah. He, he felt something was going to happen when he walked up into that ballroom. And I'm like, I want to know what it feels like to know this is it. Then I wouldn't have to worry about it no more. If I could just be in that moment and come back into my shoes, like, okay, I know what it feels like to know, all right, this is it. 
And until I feel that feeling, there's nothing to be afraid of. You just got to go hard. Because I like I don't feel that feeling. But any day I wake up and I feel that feeling, okay, t- this is it. Ain't no point of rushing. I'm finna take my time. Yeah. Because it, it it, you know what I mean? It's here. So I'm finna, I'm finna hold my baby. Mm-hmm. I'm finna, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, if I could just, that'd be my, if I could just know that feeling, this is it, that'd be it for me. That's all I want to know. Anything else is like, I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's something to be said um, going back to Nipsey Hussle and, and touching on Malcolm X. Um, in fiction, a lot of times they'll have statements where they're like, no, 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 we don't want to kill the hero of this movie or this book because they'll, we'll make them a martyr. And we don't want a martyr. And I think that in some ways, a martyr can be more powerful almost than a living crusader. Jesus Christ, possibly one of the greatest, the greatest martyr, I'm just going to say it right now, in human history, hmm. has people following this man of varying, of varying sects and, 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 and divisions, but still following him off the strength of him being crucified. That is, that is a powerful thing. And I, I, I'm not sure what the situation in L.A. is now, but I, I certainly hope that uh, Nipsey Hussle's death has brought, you know, peace to those, you know, classically feuding groups, you know, the, the, the Bloods and the Crips, or at least a step toward that. You mm. know? I mean, how many people has, has Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. inspired in the wakes of their deaths and their murders? I see what you're you saying, know? though. Yeah, like I, I, I totally I appreciate that people do see the message afterwards. But then it's like, yeah, dude, afterwards, like, I'm here right now. Like, come on, like, let's. Because <laughs> this is my thing. Like, I used to feel that, too. Mm. And I'm like, going back to Nip. When the clip that was that was circulating after the, his passing was, man, they killed him because he was doing a documentary on Dr. Savy. Mm-hmm. And the last thing he had said on that subject was like, man, if they do something to me, y'all better ride. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said that right. We in what what November? Mm-hmm. Who who rolled for yeah. him? Yeah, yeah. The last yeah. thing I heard was his uh, his manager Whack One Hundred was sort of critiquing the situation in in what many people felt was a negative way. He said, "You know what? You know Nipsey wasn't a, a platinum artist, and where was all this support that he has now that he's dead when he was alive?" And one of Nipsey's artists apparently came out and. Uh, and and thre- or not necessarily threaten the guy, but you know, you know, diss the guy or whatever for his comments. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what what they're what they're doing. I haven't heard anything aside from like the squabbles of individuals. Nah, that's what. But, but, yeah, no. I haven't heard about any. But movement. we was talking. He was talking about the person who was interviewing him said, "Aren't you afraid to do this documentary that they may come after you?" He's mm-hmm. talking about the political government. Yeah. And Nip' response was. They better not. They do. Y'all better ride for yep. me. So everybody that was circulating that clip, my two observations was, one, who rolled for him? Mm-hmm. Two, since he was doing a documentary on Dr. Sabity, how many of y'all changed y'all diet? Mm-hmm. In honor of one, Dr. Sabity, who also coincidentally just died. Yeah, when he was super healthy. Yeah. And then Nip. Mm-hmm. So you got two people yeah. both advocating for the same thing. How many of y'all changed y'all diet? And how many of y'all rolled for either one of them that got killed by supposedly the government or somebody? So it's like when when people's when they say like, man, even Malcolm X, it's like, okay, 
we can wear a Malcolm X t-shirt, but what did he stand for? How did he, how would he feel about prostitution of black women? How would he feel about um, police brutality? If he saw as many of us getting killed on cameras, come on, man. So it's like, we, I think we be saying these words, we be throwing them around. We be playing with it, like, because you... I'm a ride for Nip, like posting it. Okay, that's cool. Bring this how you bringing awareness. Yeah. But you ain't you ain't finna ride. It'd be easier to ride on on the dude that supposedly did it. But we've been fighting up against the government for how long? Like, mm. I don't. It'd be like, come on, man. Yeah, I would say positively on, on the on the the police brutality front, it that has not gone silently into the night. You know, speaking mm-hmm. of somebody who has lost someone. Um, to police brutality, you know, I, I I've gone to every single, uh, well, not every single march, but every march that I could for on behalf of my cousin Oscar. Mm. You know, I go to the um, Oscar mm-hmm, I go to the his memorial every year, January first, um, and uh, it it gets bigger. It doesn't shrink. Mm-hmm. You know, more and more people come every year, and they you know, and I don't know. I think we're, you know, that organization, the Oscar Grant Foundation, the Love Not Blood campaign, I think they're doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we could use more help. We could mm-hmm. use more people out in the streets. We could use more. And it's it's a slow fight, though. You know, my, my aunt, um, Oscar's mother, uh, goes, you know, has gone to Congress and viewed, uh, you know, the, the Grant Station movie. You know, for viewings and they've asked questions and, and that sort of thing. She's gone to state assembly. She's she's made speeches and, 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 and made allies all over the place, as far as I know. But all of that stuff is 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 painfully slow moving. It was slow moving when Martin Luther King, you know, got us the vote and, it, you know, what have you. And it's just one of those things where, you know, changing policy could take you decades Changing hearts could take hundreds of years. Mm. You know? And see, that's where I feel I applaud everybody who, who has, who, first of all, condolences to the family of Oscar. Um, I think it's his uncle or his Josephus. Oh, oh yeah, uh, Uncle Josephus, Bobby. Uncle yeah, Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. yeah, he didn't, I didn't ran into him a few events. He didn't have me do, um, I had did a piece for Oscar when it had happened. Um, and he had me do that piece at, at a numerous of, of occasions and how to perform on behalf of Oscar. Uh, I think we share the same birthday, February 27th. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so when that happened, that had, I'm like, dang, that could have been me. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and all of those people that do hit the streets, protest, and, and, and try to change policy. And over the years, my, my, my issue with with policy is it's people who come up with the policies and then it's people we put in charge to enforce the policies at that rate the policies to me is secondary and the human heart is primary Mm -hmm. because if who would come up with a policy that would disenfranchise a whole nation of people based off skin color and then two even if we got policies in policy (laughs) We still don't have the people with hearts to enforce the policy in favor of everyone. So policies became secondary for me once I started analyzing like, dang, all of the things we voted for. Yes, we did fight for the right to vote. And that was passed. Mm -hmm. And since we voted for poor people, what has changed? 
Now, if you have money and you are a person of color, black, Latina, X, whatever, you may see some benefits because mm -hmm. you are paying attention to your interests. You are organized enough to pay attention to, boom, I put my money over here and it's working for me. But if you are poor, what has voting gotten you? Mm -hmm. It, so it's kind of hard right. to believe in policy. Yeah. I have to now see the hearts. And then this is what my problem be. When Nipsey died, it changed the hearts of thousands of gang members to come together. It didn't take 100 years. It took 24 hours. And they didn't organize like 900 gangs to come walk in the street. Thousands of people come to the funeral. And it's like, that means you don't want to change. You're just angry. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to change. Because why does it, why does something like this, it happens overnight, every time. Every time it's somebody who we deem that we care and love for. When they ask us for something, we like, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. But as soon as they gone, it's like, you know what, we need to come together. And it's almost short-lived. And it's like, it shows that pain motivates us. It does. And until we start really seeing each other for our shared pains, that's the part that's like... Would, would change. It's like, okay, I have to see you like you are me. And once I can identify with your pain, it's like overnight you will change because it, it's hard to look at you and be like, damn, that's my, he remind me of my uncle. I can't do that to him because I love my uncle. But if I don't see you as somebody I identify with, then it's like, I'm not going to change. I don't care what you got going on. I don't, I don't feel, I don't, you ain't mine. Yeah. Is, is, I, yeah. Is that what, because you said policy second and one of my favorite musicians says that, you know, um, artists more than politicians always have their, their their thumb on the pulse of evolution for humans more than any government. You know, like our art, like it helps us, like you're saying, do you, is that kind of a responsibility you feel with, with what you do? Yeah, yeah, I have to. Yeah, I have to. One, I have to see myself in like, I can't communicate to you if I don't know what, which, like, what language you speak. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, you you speak pain. So... When I write this, I'm thinking about you. Or you, you talking about politics. So I got to show you politically this. Mm -hmm. Okay, you, you coming from, you know what I mean? Wherever you coming from. Yeah. But I, most importantly, it's like, man, I got to, we got to empathize with each other. Yeah. You feel me? And, and I want to unite us through empathy. For those who look like me, it's like, brother, we the same. Sister, we the same. I'm hurting, you hurting. For those who don't look like me, it's like. It's kind of hard to hate a person when you understand their story yeah. and you understand their struggle. Yeah. You can't be afraid of me if you feel for me. Mm -hmm. So if I can get you to feel for me, mm -hmm. then we can make some changes. As long as you are afraid of me, you're going to feel like my interest is your downfall. And that's not the case. What I'm saying is get off my back and leave my people alone and let us heal ourselves. You feel me? We a heal if y'all quit messing with us. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know it's really hard? You know, we're talking about all those gangs marching in the streets and what have you, and, and maybe it may be temporary for them because after a while they, they may go back to shooting each other, sadly. Two things. One, um, self-change takes a long time and it takes a lot of work. But one of the things that a community like certain, like certain communities in Los Angeles and, and even here at Richmond have to um, kind of evolve with or struggle with, uh, PTSD. You know, when you... Uh, you know, I've I've read some articles on the subject. I've heard some lectures on it. You know, because I I work in a high school that that's in an area where there's kids suffering from that. And when you grow up in an environment where there's gunshots at least once a week, 
Um, there are people that you know and love who are dying like violent deaths, not just grandma died of cancer a week ago, but no, this person was killed. You got kids who've seen people killed right in front of them. Mm-hmm. You have kids who've been exposed to their uncles or their older brothers carrying, you know, guns and talking about going on the block and handling their business. Like PTSD affects your ability to really hanker down, focus and have rational thoughts and like be committed and stick to it. Your fight or flight syndrome that everyone has, the whole fight or flight thing, is off the charts crazy. It's really hard to learn when you got PTSD. It's really hard to set those long-term goals for yourself. All the stuff that people that don't live in those kinds of areas, uh, they, they don't they don't have that. So, so it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, I've seen teachers who aren't, from the area come in and not really understand how to work with a lot of our kids because it's like why are you behaving this way i don't understand i go to dublin and all the kids are like yes ma'am no ma'am whatever yes sir yes it is y'all just crazy it's it's because the the problem is so deep rooted in their psyches you gotta we gotta heal you know we gotta we gotta bring in Implement stuff that'll help people with right. like PTSD. Yeah, yeah. like like I, oh, yeah. like over at the high school where I work, we have a, a health center. Kennedy, you know, you know Kennedy. Yeah, we have uh, counselors and and professionals that check in with our kids and good. work with them. But to me, that's that's not quite enough. We need some going all the way down to the elementary school level and up. You know, in every one of these communities. You know, not just not just ours. Mm. You know, Lo- Los Angeles, Chicago, definitely, man. Right. Like, and that's what I'm saying. It got everything. Everything has, in my mind, it's probably unrealistic, but everything got to stop. Yeah. We can't keep going on as everything is usual, and we're going to get to that. Here go a couple of counselors, because it's like the aesthetics of our country or the aesthetics of our neighborhoods is still, like, present Mm -hmm. traumatic stress. It's not post. It's present today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to Richmond High and Kennedy High School, and it looks like West County Correctional Facility. Right. It looks like a prison. Then you got teachers in here who, you know what I mean? It's just, it just, it's crazy, bro. And it's like, that's, we can't get past the aesthetics. Everything got to stop. And that's another thing. I was talking to somebody a couple years ago at a book, at a book signing somewhere. Not even a book signing. It was like a little art, it, whatever. But somebody in the audience had asked a similar question. It's like, what needs to change? I said, okay. It's not just violence on, on rap music. Our movies are violent. Yeah. So you can't be pouring out product of violence at rapid rates everywhere we turn around and then wonder why there are so many killings in certain communities. Whether you look at Chicago, Richmond, or school shootings. It's like you pump our media with violence mm-hmm. whether it, i don't care if it's a car that can transform into a robot it's still violence yep. it's every single movie you turn on it's a good side and a bad side and somebody has to fight in order to be the hero it's violence so then how can you condemn people in the street who feel oppressed who feel like i have to then defend myself no you are a criminal but if violence is bad then why are we up over there fighting in all of these different wars Oh, because they are protecting us. So then who the hell is protecting me? So how can you be justified to be violent because you are in the U.S. military, but I can't be justified to to fight for my community? Yeah. It's just a hypocrisy. So it's like, as long as you 
It's a Bible verse that said a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You can't have it both ways, man. You can't be talking about ordered, order, order, but we're going to pump so much violent content out there into the atmosphere and then send everybody to jail to, to, to fix the problem. And then in jail, it's even more crazier than it is on the streets with the correctional officers and putting people in, the, in a closet for 23 hours with, with, with poor nutrition. And it, you know what I mean? It just, yeah. It's crazy. So that's what made me feel like it's not just policies. It's people's hearts. They don't want to change. And what forces people to change is violence. Mm. And I'm not advocating for it, but it's a difference between, like, killing somebody and murder. It's two different things. Murder is from an evil intent for no reason. Yeah. Killing in battle, you, hey, that's what happens. Yeah. You feel me? And it's, it's three ways you can look at, at, or it's two ways you can look at death. It can be a physical or it can be a spiritual. A part of you has to die in order to be reborn. You feel me? So that's what has to change. You have to get rid of the part of you that's not that's no longer growing. You gotta let that go. You gotta cut that branch off. Or I can't I gotta change. And you gotta become new. You feel me? So you gotta either you kill yourself or you have to face the fact that all right is I'm gonna be killed in this line of battle because that's what's happening. You feel me? It, it's really that that's what it is. So as a country or as political government, that's what you're facing with. Because every other thing ain't working. Mm. Every other way we went, you got this we everything has to stop. We have to readjust our whole program. It's not working. The system was not built to work for the masses. It was only built to work for a few. Yeah. And they're not gonna stop that. I, they're not going to stop that. So it's like you're either going to take it from them or we have to then readjust our ways of being like, you know what? That system not working. We are no longer going to participate in it. We're going to figure out a new system within this. And until that crumble, we're just going to keep figuring it out. That's more collective. But either way, the system going to have to die. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it, that's what I mean. I'm not talking about going to go slash nobody's yeah. throat. I'm just saying like in order for this to really happen, Something has to die. And that can be the people in power. That can be our ways. The structure. That can be the structure. Yeah. Whatever you look at it, it's like being peaceful is not going to get it done. Mm. That's true. I mean. Because that's that in this context is being passive. Yeah. On a smaller scale, though, for for Richmond, I mean, we've already the, the city's changed a lot. I, I grew up in Central from when I was first born to my teenage years. And, and um, uh, I mean, you were probably around in, in that area when, when uh, what was it, like the early 2000s where we were the number one crime, uh, murder yeah. capital in the, in the States. I yeah. remember all the, all the things you would see <laughs> that mm -hmm. not give you PTSD. Now, it's been a big change. And it's, it's, it, I have that article that the East Bay Express did on me, and they mentioned you on there, mm. uh, where... Uh, uh, the, the new faces of, of of the of the city that are bringing new things. You're bringing poetry, and I do the comedy. Mm -hmm. What do you see that's which um, that's gonna be? Well, what's your suggestion to like go even further? Because it already the violence. I mean, it's still there, mm -hmm. and 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 just in Richmond. Yeah. Um, what do you see as being a solution? What's your suggestion? You know, like, have you talking to any of those city council people or or 
Or do you do you know any uh, like is that a I don't know none of none them. Of them yeah. Now I ain't gonna say I don't know none of them. I know a couple of them, but I don't really be sitting. Yeah. I don't be having conversations. Okay. I think I don't even want to say that. <laughs> I'm gonna say it anyway. I think a lot of them probably is afraid to talk to me. Yeah. Cause I've been I've been very active in the community, as far as teaching, educating, performing, organizing, however you want to. I'm around, mm-hmm. and a lot of them don't really holler at me. You feel yeah. me? And I don't, but I'm not gonna make it seem like I go out of my way to talk to them either. Right. Because I just, like I said, I look at it like when you talk about politics, it's about power. Right. And if you either got political power through money, it's money power and people power. Yeah. You feel me? And I'm like, a lot of them not gonna pay attention until it either hurts their pockets or it takes the people away from supporting them. You know what I mean? So I ain't really talked to none of them, but a, su- a suggestion or solutions that I see is like... The reason I ask is because there's going to be a point from every- everything you do that they're not going to be able to ignore you. Yeah. Because I feel like you're a big voice for the city. Yeah. And I've been really quiet yeah. or chill about... <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't really be out... Like, I don't be out campaigning like that. Yeah. But, um, man, it's kind of... What's what's the, What's this... Yeah, I think a lot of folks just need to come together. Yeah. Um, a lot of folks, um, I think primarily, like, I want to see black folks come together. Mm. And just, because when you talk about specifically Richmond, we divide it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us is related. So it's like, no political issue can get solved in our favor. We divide it. And it's a lot of pain and it's a lot of trauma. So that's another reason why I'm doing that that player that documentary is to expose like art and this is necessary yeah we're not gonna be able to from this play and if you put it in the context of the 60s or whatever was going on a lot of the leaders black leaders and other leaders at the time could all agree we all have different approaches but our objective is freedom and if yeah. we really want freedom we have to come together you know what I mean so if you saw Malcolm and uh, Martin coming and shake hands and chop it up, or if you saw that he was like, you know what, I'm going about this wrong. I'm talking about civil rights and, and segre- desegregation. We need to be talking about land and ownership of land. We need land. We need to, if we own the land, then we can own what happens on the land, and then we can work within each other. Yeah. So with that tying in, you're talking about gentrification because we don't own the land. We don't own no property. Right. Now, if we put all of our, our, our interest and our trust and our and our, our investments into, boom, we're going to buy this, and this is a community situation to put the best people capable to run in this center. Then we're going to take the profits from whatever else and go buy this and buy this and buy that. We wouldn't have to worry about gentrification. We wouldn't have to worry about poor schools because like, we're going to hire people from our community that's capable to do it because it's good teachers. They just don't want to work in an environment where they're not going to get paid for it. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I'm not finna, y'all don't pay me enough to deal with this stress. And I don't have the resources. I don't have the institution. So, my suggestion is own what's, what's happening on the land. Mm-hmm. And until we, and we can't do that unless we come together. So, it goes back to that thing of like, all right, I need to get you to see me as you so you can understand where I'm coming from. And then we can easily work together. Even if we disagree, we'll still be doing it together. All right, let's try this way. If it don't work, we can try your way. You know what I mean? But as long as we committed to each other, like we, I'm committed to you, you committed to me. I think we should go fight with guns. You think we should put our hands up. Okay, let's put our hands up and let's see how far they get us. That didn't work. So now let's go to the guns. Okay, that's not going to work neither. Let's do some poetry workshops. Okay, let's, let's, you know what I mean? Let's do it together though. 
not yeah. separate of yeah. efforts. Like I'm doing my thing. I don't understand why it's 1,900 nonprofit organizations all going for the same thing. Yeah. That just don't make sense. And it'd be like these be the same people that's talking about all of these different churches and religions. So it's like, what makes your practice different from religion? If you can talk about it's 99 different denominations of religion, it's it's like 99 different denominations of nonprofits in the same city. All trying to target the same group of kids, and none of that shit is working. Well, some some of them are, you know, differently bent. You have some who are like, I'm just focusing on the health and the diet of the kids, and some of them are like, I'm focused on academics, and some of them are like, I'm focused. A lot of people that start them have these various passions, and they want to target something specifically. Like, I'm an expert in this. I'm passionate about this, so I'm going to drive home with this particular thing. Like, yeah, that's and it should be my thing, and it should be geared towards. The same thing, though. It's yeah. like, I'm good at teaching math, mm-hmm. so I want to do a program about teaching math. Mm-hmm. But you are trying to liberate us in math to go back towards indigenous. I'm trying to get us to assimilate into European society. It's not that now that's two different approaches. Yeah. Because you got two different types of freedom movements of like, no, I want free, rich black folks in America. And you like, bro, that's not going to work. We need to think mathematically for us and not mathematically to go to their institutions mm. so we're gonna go about it in two different ways and that's still creating a divide it's like nah we all trying to what is what is what is freedom if we have different interpretations of freedom then we gonna and we gonna go about it differently we're gonna we, we're gonna divide it's like so what is freedom for us what does that look like we have to come together and talk about that because that word has been thrown around for the past like four centuries, and it's like, oh, what what is what is freedom? The freedom to to eat and live like they live. Because if we was the first people and we was indigenous and our old ways truly worked, why are we now assimilating? If this never worked in our favor, anyways, this is a relatively new system. And it don't work. So why are we assimilating to this system when for thousands of years that we all love to claim, yo, indigenous, okay, if all of that worked, why are we changing now to assimilate to a system that don't work? That don't make no sense. Why not go, it's going back, it's not going back in time. That's actually forward because it was more progressive than it is today. You feel me? It was more communal. Hmm. So if your idea of freedom is to go to a white institution and mine is like, nah, let's create our own black curriculum. It's not the same thing. So it's, it's no different than five or 25,000 denominations of the same religion. Yeah. It's like, y'all, it, it ain't going to work. Yeah. So if you can criticize religion, then we need to, uh, have an analysis to our nonprofits approach because it's like, why, especially in a small city like Richmond, where it's like, we all got to work together. So we Figure all know, yes, boom. Yeah. Okay, you you good at working with the people that shooters and you trying to pay them to stop shooting? Okay, that's cool. Why don't you bring some of them to my poetry workshop? Mm-hmm. Give them some alternative yeah. you know, on shooting to, people. To process that. Yeah. Yeah. You feel me? So yeah. now we, we working with the same people. It's not this or that. Right, it's right. boom. You going to approach them like, hey, bro, we're going to give you some money temporarily to help you stop selling and post it out there on the street. And while you up over here working with us, we're going to introduce all of these other different programs to give y'all so y'all can practice, y'all can tap into all of these different... Re- we all These are all of the resources that's working together. But if you got 
folks not you got organizations funking with each other but all trying to service the same kids that don't make no damn sense no, yeah yeah that's yeah no yeah that doesn't make sense and what you what you mentioned um you know that that's what fueled the uh, romeo uh is bleeding um play on that same note because i do feel that that's something that'll bring together like those two sides that are right now you know still to this day mm-hmm. have you ever thought about putting that into works of a of, uh, like a full-length feature film when i first wrote it that's how i visited it yeah it was like i can see this being a play yeah but a film i, sure. I meant a film yeah. i'm like i can see this as a film do you still want to pursue that i i, I ain't really been pushing hard on it okay like mm-hmm. but it's always it's been a thought in my head of like if we if we if it was to be a film it had to be really it had to be done right, right. it had to be dope but I see it as a film. I see it being powerful as a film. And I oh, yeah. see it being a film that ain't, once again, just like the play, the film, it'll, it'll, you ain't never seen nothing like it because it'll be Richmond, California. It'll be the Bay Area. So just off rip, mm-hmm. anything done in the Bay Area is going to have its own flair, its yeah. own swag to it. So if you're talking about two different sides funking with each other and you're talking about poetry and you're talking about like just the scenery and just everything, yeah, I'd love to see that as a film. Uh, man, uh, Another, because I know this is uh this is something that you probably get at. Do you feel pressure to to move to LA? I know you're still in the area. You're still mm-hmm. here. Do you feel with everything you got going on, like you have to go over there? But I know you said you want to stay here to because you want to change this area. I mean, this is your home. Man, um, I'm sure yeah. there's more stuff for you to do out there if in the art in the acting scene. And then I feel like it's it's a lot of opportunities in the sense of. If I needed something produced, you're going to probably bump into like 2,000 producers over right. the weekend just at coffee shops. Mm-hmm. Directors and actors, photographers. It's almost like almost everywhere you turn, there's somebody that is doing what you're doing. So you may, you can network a little bit more smoother. Yeah. But I also look at it like if you got a vision and you got a passion and you can communicate to people, I could probably turn y'all into a producer in my next project who yeah. you wasn't thinking about right, right. like hey bro i got this idea it could really work i yeah. can organize y'all three up in here mm-hmm. to go and advocate to for funds to do the next project and then i can go convince my partners to be the actors right and then i can convince somebody to help direct it in video you know what i mean so i'm looking at it like if the greatest resource is people i don't have to specifically be in la in order yeah. to get that done if I really want to do it, I just got to convince the hearts of people who I'm talking to mm-hmm. to invest in it. And then that's how I look at policy. I don't have to go vote. If I can convince the person that's in position of power to do what they need to do because it's a moral duty to do it, they going to make sure it gets done. Yeah. And if that policy doesn't exist, then we're going to bring them folks to the table to talk about what do we need to implement to uplift this idea. So if people is the people who enemy is primary. So it's like in the beginning when that film came out, I knew that question was going to come up and it was kind of like, dang, I'm offered a position in L.A. Mm-hmm. I'm off. This person is saying, come work with me, come work with me. And if I don't go, then people are going to be watching me like, dang, so what is he doing now? What is he doing now? And if anything that I do doesn't seem as successful or match up to that, that pivotal moment of like, wow, he on Netflix, then it's like. People are gonna look at you as a failure, and you are gonna look at yourself as a failure, and you are gonna go into a depressional spiral, etc. And I'm like, nah, because I believe in myself. 
I, I, I ain't struggled through all of these years on my own, in my own room, for me to be worried about what people got to say about me now. Because they never knew what I was doing. They never believed in it then, and it got here. So if I keep working hard to manifest that, I can make this same thing happen again. Because I made it happen here. I didn't go to L.A. to write that film. Yeah. I mean, to write that play. I didn't go asking Russell to come produce it. I wrote it in Richmond, California. I staged it in Richmond, California, and it caught his attention. Now, if I put the same amount of effort and energy into it, it can get more people's attention. I can write new projects and get new people to be involved in whatever it is that I'm doing. So I was like, in the beginning, I felt that pressure, but but once a couple of months that went past, I'm like, nah. If anything, I'm I'm now graduating to another plateau mm -hmm. to where it's like, all right, it's new territory for me. So how can I feel? How can I, I like to the public eye? I'm at the top, but inside I feel like I'm at the bottom of something new. Mm -hmm. And how could I remain confident and steadfast with doing this until this thing reaches to where I would like it to reach or it needs to reach? So, yeah. Yeah, if you build it, it will come. Basically, like it's yeah. it's it's because and then the thing I'm noticing too, the Bay Area has a its own film scene like coming up now. Like, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. I was just in a in a film recently, and it's it's growing. Uh, um, and when these guys do what they do. It, it's IOP video. IOP video. Yeah. Um, another, another you know, I I, I just want to. How do you? Every time I I talk to you, man, like I, I how do you keep yourself like. I would say up, you know, like <laughs> I, uh, I would say positive. Yeah. Like I, I just, you, you always have like a glow to you. No, no matter where I see you, I bump into you at the, at the sprout sometimes with mm -hmm. mine. Uh, and every time I've, I've ran into you, just, you know, me, I, I don't know. I, you know, when I'm down, I, I just like, I can't hide it, but you always have this halo of happiness over you. Yeah. How do you, how do you stay like that, man? Man, honestly, bro, I go through a lot internally. Yeah. You feel me? Oh, yeah. Like, because a lot of my problems don't even really be mine. It'd be me taking on other folks' problems or feeling like I should do more or I ain't did enough. Um, when I'm when I'm to myself, I'm feeling it. Mm -hmm. You feel me? But when I step out, it's not like I don't be fake at all. It's just knowing that I have something to do. Mm -hmm. It's like knowing that, boom, all right, bro, been hitting me about this podcast. I got to make sure I come. And then when I come, it's like, I'm passionate about what we're talking about. So mm. it's just, boom, I'm fired up because this is my purpose. Right. When I'm living in my purpose, I feel like it's nothing that can go, that can happen, that can, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Nothing else matter. Mm -hmm. It's when trying to figure out what's the next move and how do I, all of that other internal stuff, I'm trying to make this, this step and I feel blocked in this area. So, you know what I mean? You deal with those things. People you trusted that left you hanging, taking advantage of you people not really appreciating your time and your efforts and your energies and, and going against the system and trying to figure out, dang, I keep on trying to have faith in humanity, but they they keep on dogging my people. You know what I mean? So I feel some type of way. Mm -hmm. So I have moments where I feel very dark and I just sit in that and I embrace it. But when I have moments to express, you feel me? It's just something about that triumph in spirit that's just like, it hurt, but I ain't broke. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Man, that's all right. Yeah. Another, another couple of things I want to ask real quick. The the the, the one thing I know last time I, I saw you speak, you, you we we asked you about how to how do you maintain, especially with this generation. You know, it, it's it, we date we date differently than our parents did. You know, 
how do you maintain a healthy relationship? Like, I know you talked about that before, and mm-hmm. um, you're currently in a relationship, right? Right. And how do you maintain a healthy relationship? And I ask because, you know, uh, yeah, our generation, it, it just seems like less marriages, there's less, a bunch of stuff, you know. Uh, and I mean, there are more baby showers than marriages. How the hell does that work? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's sad. I've probably been to more baby showers than I've been to to marriage. Weddings, You're yeah. right. Yeah. To to weddings. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, me, it be, it's, it's tough because it's like I'm dealing with my own personal traumas and abandonment from a childhood. And then I'm I'm now conjoined with a person who got their own situation going on. So I got to balance like how do I be there for me and be there for you without controlling your life or mm-hmm. trying to make sure that, huh, you got to do it this way. It's like, all right, I'm, am I sharing this information because I want you to change? Am I sharing this information because it's helpful for you? And mm-hmm. if you decide that you want to change or am I sharing you sharing with this information with you because I need this because mm-hmm. I'm hurting. And so just trying to identify where am I coming from? Am yeah. I coming from a place of control or coming from a place of in need of support? Uh, and then communicating that in a way that's less toxic each time we communicate. Because you can only give what you have. And if I got a lot of toxic enemy energy, initially that's how it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. Until I start, the more I put it out, I got to then replace that and filter it with with some love, with some peace, with some understanding. So the more I communicate, try to communicate in a less toxic manner and communicate in a way that's like, all right, this is where I'm coming from. This is where I would like to go. Where do you see yourself in that line of understanding? So one, communicating less toxic than the last time we communicated, and two, trying to get comprehension of where where I'm coming from and where you may be coming from. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, that's that's one communication and comprehension, and then two, it is uh, your daily efforts. Uh, how can I be? Um, how can I embody love in in every step of our relationship? How can I consider you as much as I consider myself? Right. So being selfless, you feel me? <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's like that's those two, two things. Yeah, two things because yeah. it's gonna take sacrifice. <clears throat> it's going to take a sacrifice You got to put your feelings to the side And like what did I do that made you feel this way right. Whether it was right or wrong Or how you responded What did I do that made you feel that way Okay Was that the best part of me No Okay I got to get rid of that If it was the best part of me And that still bothered you Then that's where you need support You feel me yeah. Okay So I'm not going to take your response personal Because if I was wrong I was wrong mm-hmm. If I wasn't wrong, but it still hurt, maybe I can support you with that understanding. So, yeah, just communication, comprehension, and then just that willingness to become love that's that's healing for that person and yourself in the process. And just continue it because it's never like, all right, we're, we're there, you it's know? Consistent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people think, like, you're supposed to be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like happiness is an illusion. Yeah, you feel me? It just it's just it's, it's depends on your perspective. Like you can look at, ah oh, man, I'm happy that I just got somebody brought me 
like going back to the food. Somebody just brought me a cheeseburger. I'm happy. But it's like that may be the burger that 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 triggers that ailment. Heart attack. Are you still happy? Or are you still happy right. or, uh, that that could, person brought you that burger? Or you could be happy after a good workout. Yeah. Those yeah. endorphins come in and you're like, hey, hey, hey. you feel me? Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's, it's levels to it, but it, it's not something that lasts because it's, it's, it's moments. Happiness are moments, but being at peace is everlasting. If that's you can true. see it, you can see something that's like, dang, that. I understand why this why this is what it is, and it's good to be sad sometimes too. Like it helps because when you're sad, like you said, we were talking about this earlier. Like uh, with when something happens, like like when Nipsey died, all the people that came together, um, a lot of it was fueled by sadness. And sometimes when you're sad, you just analyze why why am I feeling this? It can help you grow as a person. And then some. I mean, not that that's a good thing, but it's because the reason I'm saying is right now this season, man. I've I've had multiple. People just this week contacted me that they were feeling suicidal. And that's increased like right now. I mean suicide rates off off the off the chart, you know? Mm-hmm. And um it's hard to say why. I mean I blame social media. That that could be it. That I mean social media has had a huge impact on the way we think. It's a, it's addicting. Uh, there is you get instant gratification from like likes, and then mm-hmm. when that goes away, it can make you sad. And and I think one of the comedians at, at the last showcase it made a joke about how you you post up something like, you know, you post up something like a picture of yourself in in the hospital, and it's like, well, in, on Instagram, oh, I got twenty likes. Now there's more than one way to look at likes in this situation. If I get no likes. I feel bad because it's almost as though no one cares about me. But if I get 300 likes, I mean, does everyone want me to die while I'm in the hospital? What does that mean? And depending on who you are, you're going to take it differently. And it could be very depressing if you read too much into it. But why are we posting anyway? I mean, I know I'm posting, so people know that the latest episode of The Voice Party is out. And that that goes back to that. It's like, what what motivates you to post what you posted? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause then you are you are delinquishing the power from within yourself to just be satisfied with where you are. Yep. And you are putting it into the hands of popular opinion through a screen in an app that you don't know if it's real or not. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and it's also like it's a it's a communication and comprehension deficiency because it's like, am I supposed to like this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I only have two options: I either like it or don't like it. Or I could comment on it. You know but, what I mean? But even less people comment. And it's like and then it's like what do I what do I say that won't feel generic? And yeah. then you just start going into a whole bunch of like insecure of like I don't some people don't know how to be supportive. Yeah. But they, they just put prayer hands and it's like, but who are you praying to? And are you really praying? And it's like, no, but that's just it becomes things that we do that's not really authentic. So it's like when you expect genuineness on a platform that's built off miscommunication or a sense of falsehood. Misdirection. I mean, yeah. It's like yeah. you create an illusion of, okay, I got 300 likes, but nobody came to visit me. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nobody still, called me. Yeah. You still, yeah. Nobody helped me in rehab. Nobody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, then it becomes this, then that automatically communicates, like, all right, when I'm in pain, that's where I get the attention. 
So I'm going to do things that cause pain. pain. So then I'm going to develop a platform for that. You know what I mean? Or being silly. Nobody pay attention to me when I'm serious. So I'm going to be hella silly and hella goofy. And then it's like, I'm going to put out. You know what I mean? So it just depends on where a person is coming from. Where it's like. A need for attention, basically, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what it is. You get this app and it's like, you want somebody to see what you posted. And if you don't want nobody to like it or not, then it's like, you would have just lived your life. You wouldn't have took an extra 10 minutes or 30 sometimes out of your day to find the best picture to put up. And then to do a long caption of why it's so important to you. Because you wanted somebody else to feel where you was coming from. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you are looking for some validation mm-hmm. automatically. Because if you wasn't, you wouldn't have felt the need to tell anybody that you was in a good mood or what you ate today. Right. You would have just felt at peace with, you know what? That was fulfilling. Amen to that. Amen to that, man. Man, uh... It's been great having you here, bro. And uh, hopefully next time we we talk, uh, there's there's plans to make uh, Romeo is bleeding docu. I mean the 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 play into a uh, full length film. Man, man. <laughs> I, I I do have one question before yeah, we go because it. it sounds yeah. like we're wrapping up. So yeah. you've you published a book of poetry, right? You've written scripts for plays and and also for for TV essentially. I got I gotta ask um, from one writer to another because I I dabble in some stuff myself but um do you have any plans to put together a novel is that like one of your have you put any thought into that so i'm curious and a, a novel like a fiction mostly yeah i have put some thought to it right now it's it's interesting that you ask that oh, yeah. because for the first time i just picked up the book their eyes was watching god oh yeah mm. zora zora neil hurston i've been hearing about that but for the longest, a couple of elders like, you need to read that. I said, I watched the movie. They're like, nah, you need to read it. Mm-hmm. I just picked it up yesterday. I'm on chapter five. And it is the best book. Yeah. It's the best piece of language that I've put my hands on as far as like a nonfiction. And just reading that is like, how did you come up with the language in the characters? That's so rich. On the first page, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. I ain't never heard nothing written like this before. And so I say it's two books. That and it's a book called The Prophet. Okay. I can't remember the author. But those are two books that made me like, yeah, I want to write something. I want to write something uh, for sure. I mean, it's other books in the past. You know what I mean? Growing up, mm-hmm. reading little, little drug dealer books and all of that. Yeah, You're like, yeah. man, I, I want to write. But as of lately, like that book, their eyes was watching God, make me be like, yeah, I wanna, I wanna commit to, to bettering my my writing because the way she used words and images and language is like, it's unmatched. She's and I wanna, a master. Yeah. So if I, I'm like, if I, if I write something, it gotta be my. I want it to be my own way, like that. That's like, it's not just oh Dante wrote a novel and he. I don't want to get praised just because I'm a black man from Richmond right. doing something positive. Like, I no longer care for that part. I want it to be like, I ain't never read nothing like this before in my life. And I don't want to hear it from no 17-year-old. I, I want to hear it from somebody who praises or love this type of language. to be like, I'm 65 years old. I done read every poet there is, mm-hmm. every author, every book that came from the Black Arts Movement, whatever. I want them to read something and I write it and be like, yeah, I ain't never read nothing like this before. 
And what's crazy is reading the forward, it said that when that book came out, nobody wanted to be a part of it. They they didn't like it. Hmm. It's like it was too. It, it made us look bad as black people. Hmm. And then time, when, kind of. yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then when she passed, it became what it is today. And that's that's, that's another learning lesson of like yeah. sometimes. You can be so ahead of your time that by the time people catch up, you still far ahead of them. Cause like when I'm reading that book, I'm like, dang, if she did this back, way back then, twenties, like, we finna be in another decade of the twenties, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's still I ain't heard or read nothing that, dang. that's that. So that's like a century ahead of your, like, yeah, you know what I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, that make me want to step my level up of like, boy. She was a hundred years ahead of her time a hundred years ago. <laughs> what, what, I, I just I thought of another like, what are some of your influences? I I know we 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 um we never talked touched on that like growing up, or in or now like what are some of your influences? Like you like artists you read about or or you or you know people you watch on on movies like who 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 influences you like. Uh, I, Everything and everybody. Everything like, and everybody. Okay. I can name a few people. I'm just gonna go with Zora yeah. Neale Hurston right yeah. now. Yeah. That she she's leading that. Okay. Uh, back to Malcolm X. Malcolm just X. on my way up in here, I was listening to a couple of his speeches. Mm -hmm. Um, and just his thought patterns, the way that he speak, it's like I still ain't heard too many Afro American or or Black freedom fighters today being able to grasp what the concept that he talked about, where it's like it's simple. Yeah. It's either we gonna come together or we or we not. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna it's gonna be a forced revolution, no matter how you look at it. And I'm just listening to it and that's why I was able to say the things I was saying earlier, like, man, he said that in the sixties and I'm yeah. still seeing like through all of these different policies it still applies. So then Bob Marley, a person that's like, I can reach people by just being peaceful. You feel me? Yeah. So I don't have to I'm not going to stand on what you stand on. This is what I believe, and I'm so convicted in it to where it's like, I'm going I'm to speak. Yeah, they tried to kill me in my sleep, but I'm going to still show up to the concert. Mm -hmm. I'm going to still do what I got to do. So when I'm looking at these type of individuals, it's like, one, I can't be afraid to speak and tell the truth and be looked at as a black supremacist like Malcolm, because that's not what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But if that's what you get, if that's what's going to bring us together, then yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's not what I'm talking about. What right, I'm saying right. is if we want our solutions, the way that we've been going about it is not working. We need to come together. Yeah. And when we come together, automatically it's going to force a shift. It's going to force something. Period. Right. So we got to do that. Then at the same time, being peaceful is important to me. So, you know what I mean? Somebody like Bob. Uh as far as other artists, I mean, I draw inspiration from everybody. Just seeing the humanity in people, little kids, yeah. giving and just being forgiving. Like you, you pop them on the hand, they cry, but as soon as you offer them something else, they like, oh, it's all good. You know <laughs> That's what I mean? True. And it's just like I ain't even tripping off that no more. You still my favorite. Yeah. I still want you to hold me. You pop me, I don't run from you. I'm not mad at you. It's like you pop me, I'm hurting. Pick me up. Show me some love. I forgive yeah. you. You know what I mean? And I know you wasn't mad at me. It's just like that concept. The scriptures even say that until you are converted into a child, you will not be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. You got to be childlike. So it's not being stupid. It's just being like innocent, pure. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like be forgiving and be giving and be kind and just see people for the humanity. So it's a lot of different things and, and people and, and ideas that inspire me when I see it manifested. It's just like, all right, I got I to gotta figure out a way to write that, you know what I mean, and embody that in everyday life, if not in my art. 
Man, you definitely embody that. So I, I he's <laughs> a walking, it's a walking poet, yeah, philosopher, scientist, historian. <laughs> My God, what art? What what you do art everything, you, sir? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you not, man? But I again, uh, I want to thank you for coming. I don't want to take too much of your time. One one last thing I always do is, you know, what do you want our listeners to take from everything? And 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 also, where can we find you on social media to follow you? Um, social media Don Black D O N B L A K. That's Instagram. That's your rap name, right? Uh, and that's my artistic music, rap name. Yeah. yeah, Don Black. So if you go to YouTube, D O N B L A K Don Black. Instagram Don Black. Um, one thing I want y'all to take away from this is, if you are not the solution, you are the problem. Mm-hmm. And if you're not thinking, speaking, and becoming love, then you are an enemy to peace. Doesn't get better than that, no, man. No, it doesn't. Doesn't get any more clear than that. Dante Clark, thank you for coming, man. We've been the voice party. For We're sure. out. See you later. All right, that's a wrap, man. Thank you. The show. Sure.